This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, the one, the only. Um, well, except for all the other ones, obviously, because, you know, I'm sure there's more than one person in the world called Stephen Scott. In fact, I know there's quite a few because I once Googled my name. And I will tell you, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Uh, hello. Uh, anyway, aside that, Sean Priest is here. Hello. <laughs> Don't come to me. I have no idea how to respond to that. Hello. It's good to be here. Was I here last week? I don't think I was, wasn't I? Oh, no, you weren't. You were on your secret mission, weren't you? Ah, yes. A bit of uh, James Bonding going on. That doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> Tim Schwartz is here. Hi, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. Yeah, James Bonding, that could be... That, that could mean a lot of things, but we won't go into that. Leave it. Well, you said, Tim, that I was uh, away doing mysterious stuff with AMI. Um, which I will say put me in a very difficult position with my wife, uh, I will say. So thank you for that. Um, but yes, I am back. I am here. And, uh, well, I have to say we've lined up a bit of a, an interesting conversation. Following last week, you guys talking about this, um, we've been talking about the subject of screen readers and in particular um, how screen readers like Microsoft's narrator could actually be a problem for employees, blind employees, going forward. This is all because... Now, look, I want to be clear, right? I want to be very clear here, guys. Hmm. I got in trouble. Um, what a surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, of our, one of our lovely listeners was a bit concerned about my comments on Narrator because I've been talking, as you guys know, I've been talking up Narrator for some time. Uh, I think that Microsoft have done a very good job of creating... Uh, a proper screen reader rather than the kind of you know screen reader that gets you to the download area of another screen reader's website um sort of and i kind of have the view that you know they've done really well however this particular listener said to me hmm you're wrong Stephen." and in fact you uh, are going to be putting blind and partially sighted people's jobs in the future at risk <gasps> true well, thanks. <laughs> so nice to know you're there with me, Sean, through everything. You know? Thanks for that. Under um, the bus. Yeah. And, and so I'm kind of like, okay. And, you know, I'm one of these kind of guys. I like to see things from other people's point of view, then just agree with my own <coughs> original view. Um, Sorry. <coughs> what? So yeah, I'm, you're right I'm there? fine. Okay I'm there, worried Tim? about you, but I'm fine. Sure. Continue. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about screen readers and the question of whether or not these free screen readers that are now coming out, and it's not just Microsoft's narrator, Apple VoiceOver, uh, Google um, ChromeVox, which is on the Chromebooks and on even on the Chrome browsers, could they be a problem? I mean, indeed, they might be a challenge going forward to screen readers like JAWS, but that creates perhaps a problem for those who are going into employment who need the tools that something like JAWS, the paid-for, rather expensive screen reader, offers. Um, so we're going to get into that topic today, and with us is that listener herself. Anne Hamilton joins us on the line from Glasgow, Scotland. Hello to you, Anne. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. And hello, Tim. Hi, Anne. Hello, Anne. I'm, I'm going to kick things off by saying you sound exasperated with me already, and that's not unusual. <laughs> so what, what, am I, what am I getting wrong here? I think uh, I was... <laughs> 
somewhat irked, shall we say, uh, as I was listening to uh, Podcaster 5, listening to people. And I just had this picture of Stephen Scott skipping down the road, going la, 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 la. Um, narrator is the wonderful screen reader, and it's one screen reader to ruin them all. Everything else is useless. And I just, uh, like, as I do when I'm doing my ironing, I lifted the ironing up and said to myself, hold the bus. <laughs> as in, hold the bus. Hang on a minute here. Um, I think we need to, like, rewind and, you know, just kind of stamp on this meme that's going about. I'm not saying that narrator isn't a good enough screen reader. It is getting better. What I have grave concerns is those of us, um, people like yourself and me, Stephen, we're that rare creature, um, blind people who are in employment. I'm a rarer creature. I'm a blind woman who's in employment, uh, fighting the good fight. Now, uh, I will say I'm a Josh user. It's my first screen reader. I do use um, NVDA and Narrator, uh, basically to get me out a hole, um, and they all kind of sort of work happily. But I've tried to use Narrator, and uh, it doesn't do it for me, to be honest. Um, I've used it two days back-to-back last week, and it, it fainted on a couple of browsers, namely Google and Firefox. Um, it got me bewildered in file browser. I'm using Windows 10, uh, 1809 at the moment. I haven't gone to 1903. But I think where we need to be careful about is sighted people, namely employers, educators, get this idea later. Oh, it's free. Oh, we won't renew our licenses. Um, and we have to think about what we're doing People in employment, people in education, people that are doing more complex things, like the more complex things with Microsoft Word, where you've got footnotes, endnotes, tables of contents, persuading, you know, text out of object layer. Uh, now, that is a challenge. <laughs> um, complex spreadsheets. Uh, I mean, it just Narita hung totally with me when I was looking at a couple of spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, then we're talking about scripted um, things. Now, I know that you had told me that uh, Narrator will be having script ability. Fine. Um, Possibly you know, within who, the next 12 months, that's what they're saying. Yes, so that that's fine. Who's going to write the script? Is it the same kind of scripting language? Those that are working with Joyce, um, see in the NHS, in government departments, banks, building societies, um, in wonderful austerity Britain, where they're looking to cut corners everywhere, um, oh, will not bother. Have this free screen reader. And I like Tim's analogy last week um, of a magnifying glass. Your 12-time magnifying glass breaks. Um, oh, well, you know, why don't you just go down you know, to the chemist and buy, you know, like a sheet that's like 1.5, well, it's a magnifier. That's the kind of analogy we need to think about. Um, is You're welcome. The work, yeah, Tim, Tim says a lot of things. So does Sean. And you do occasionally as well. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. but I think th- th- there's a lot of work that's going in under the hood. And people like us, we find we're kind of techie people. We know what we're doing. But there are a number of people, quite a number of people out there working for, you know, organisations that do their job stuff. They have the script. Um, and it's written, someone comes in and spends a lot of time making this work so that a blind person can do a job. 
Now, most managers um, fighting the good fight, as I do all the time, you have a line manager, you have a departmental manager, you have IT who's probably outsourced um, and, you know, the, the, the IT person, they work for 18 months to go somewhere else. They don't know a screen reader for the hole on the ground, never mind something that needs scripted. So they come along and go, here's a free thing, you don't need that. Uh, uh, so the department manager, who's totally clueless, goes, oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, the line manager, oh, yes, he says that's all right. Um, oh, access to work, oh, yes, this is free, but we're not paying for that. Then you have the uh, situation where the blind person is sitting, doing the job, and parts of it don't work. You're so so just, to, just to clarify some of the things you're, you're yeah, talking about. I could go you're on talking, forever. Well, I know yeah. you could, so I, I thought yeah. I'd jump in. Um, Turn no, back your ears. I, I think, <laughs> just for, for listeners in Canada who don't know what access to work is, it's a government scheme in the UK that helps uh, blind and partially sighted people, actually disabled people in general, get access to equipment and travel to and from work. And that's an important thing mm. to, to be aware of. And, and I yeah. think there are similar schemes uh, in Canada as well. Yeah. But it's it's interesting, Sean, because, you know, what Anne's saying here is that it's, you know, this is something which could actually be, despite, you know, great innovations from Microsoft and, and good stuff happening, it could actually be detrimental to future prospects for people in work. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, well, I think what Anne's saying is absolutely right. But let's be, let's let's clarify something here. Did you actually say that, though, Stephen? Did you say that narrator should be the one to go for over something like Jules? Because I think we got to distinguish between, okay, narrator is now at a stage where it's fully featured enough, where I agree with Anne, I don't think it is at all. Or Hang on, hang on, hang on. What You don't agree that it's up to the standard? Or not, okay, maybe not up to the standard, that's pushing it. But it's up to a point where it's usable enough to be your main screen reader. I think it's usable enough to be used around the operating system when it comes to something like Office or spreadsheets or even other third-party apps. I'm not entirely convinced it's there yet. What, what do you? What do you what, what, let, let me let me hear what Tim thinks because he's very quiet. Yeah, let's see. Probably trying to get a word in. <laughs> I was going to say, really, when, when am I supposed to speak? No, I, I can see both sides of this. Like I said on last week's show. <sighs> Well, no, let me finish. I, I feel that narrator is coming along really well. It's good enough to not just navigate around the operating system, but I mean, it is a Microsoft screen reader. So in the, in the use that I've had with it recently, I've had no problems with Microsoft Word or Excel or any other, anything else in Office. And it's worked really, really well. And so I think coming from that point of view, Narrator is really good. And when they add the scripting later on, I'll be interested to see how that works. Will Microsoft really work with companies to help script uh, different applications? Or how easy will they make it for companies to, to have their tech departments do that? You know, will it be as robust as JAWS? That, I think, is still a question that has to be answered. So at, the t at this point in time, I do agree that JAWS is the better option when it comes to something to use in the workplace. But at the same time, as I said last week, I can completely understand Anne's concern because wherever you are, whether it's Canada, the United States, UK, anywhere, they have these programs, whether it's access to work or ticket to work here in the States, whatever it is, you're going to have an organization or maybe even the employer themselves say, well, 
these are free and they're already built into the operating yeah. system. Why do we need to spend hundreds of dollars on something? You said you just needed a screen reader. And now, hang on. Can I jump in on that? Can I just because say aren't you possibly sorry, Sean, but <laughs> Tim, you made a good point there. Will Microsoft work with organizations, employers to do something about the scripting? That would be good. Um, you know, it's not that I'm clinging on to JAWS because I want to give them, you know, £100 a year, but it's, it's the girl. continuity. And will they do the legacy thing, like, let's all ditch JAWS, where's the scripting? Who's going to do it? Who's going to assist? If, if Microsoft is going to pick that up, then, you know, that would be quite good. You know, like, here's an in-house system. Um, you know, <laughs> will they support Windows 7? No, not from January next year. Um, if I can just see in Glasgow libraries, we have a very complex database that's still running on Windows 95. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> Today, yeah. I don't need to use it. <laughs> My goodness. Is that, is that powered but, uh, by fish and chips over there? <laughs> yeah, I think it's powered by steam, to be honest. <laughs> but that is a good example. That is the workplace, isn't it? There are a lot of bespoke yeah. systems or older mm. systems that are still in place. But yeah. I just wanted to make the point that going back to the employer saying, well, a screen reader is a screen reader, you know, not knowing the difference between something like Narrator, NVDA or uh, Jules. Um, to be honest, you're going to get that no matter what, aren't you? They're always looking for the the most affordable or cheapest option or the easiest option anyway. They're not the ones who know about this stuff. It's up to us as the visually impaired uh, employees to say, no, look, I can't do the job unless it's this specific thing. And that comes down to the government organization that may be supplying the equipment as well. It's up to those two parties to know the stuff oh, the employer should show in itself sure. the employer doesn't need well <laughs> the employer Access doesn't know work, about this stuff to work the assessors who barely know anything about you know uh the adequate and the, the, the correct things because a lot of people are coming to work who are not particularly taking don't know what they need yeah but at the end of the day as well, I mean, depending on what job you're doing, there, it could be the case that NVDA or even Narrator might be enough for what you're doing. I mean, it, it's difficult to say, okay, actually, we can totally dismiss them without looking at, okay, what do I need to achieve as part of my job? Okay, you know all I mean? right. I, but okay, I'm jumping in here because I've had enough of this. I, I, you're all wrong, <laughs> and that's the end of it. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> here's my take on this, and, and I think – this is where you guys are wrong. I think you've got it the wrong way around. I think you're looking at potentially a solution that will be more available to more blind people over time. I'm not saying that maybe Narrator's ready to jump into your particular workplace yet, Anne, because it doesn't sound like it's going to fit. And that's absolutely fine. I don't think people... Loads of people's workplace. Yeah, um, but I, I think a lot of people... And I'm not anti-Narrator. No, no. Uh, definitely not. But, but, but do I do think... To... But I do think that what's really important is that, you know, employers understand that, you know, for example, WordPad is not as good as Microsoft Word, right? So, you know, we need Microsoft Word, so we've got to pay for Microsoft Word. That's why we're not using WordPad, because we need all those tools and functions. So if you need those tools and functions, you should get JAWS, right? And that's absolutely fine. But if something is available on a computer, from the second that that employee walks into the, the building, 
um, you know, th- this might, and we let's assume, and we can only assume in some cases, you're right, not everyone's massively techie, but anyone who's kicking off in a business, who's applied for a job, who's turning up on day one, will know what a screen reader is. Maybe they've used JAWS in the past, or maybe they've even used Narrator or NVDA. They will have the understanding of how a screen reader works, which means that that employee can sail into that job, get the job, hopefully, sail into the position, get the position, sit down at the computer and say, right, I can make this computer accessible. However, we might need to talk about something like JAWS to make the the thing work for me better. Let's work towards that. Yeah, it, it is choice, um, but uh, would you like to come and work for my company? <laughs> I'm would quite I, happy here. Would you like but, my job? I would. I'm I'm fine, actually. But no, I mean, look, I think I think it's what it's about for me is I think there's two. I said this before, and and I don't know if you were ironing at the time, but when I was, what I have been aware of, sexist. Well, she said she was ironing. Um, So I wonder if this could be a great thing for staff in businesses who are actually slighted to better understand what screen readers are, because very it's very difficult to explain to someone what JAWS is, because you'd have to install it, um, you'd have to try and explain about how it worked. At least with something like Narrator, you can turn it on, you can have a play with it, try it out. It, the, actually, I know Microsoft are encouraging businesses to use it as a means to test websites, documents for accessibility. I'm not saying this is going to be perfect, and that it's going to work and it's going to change all our lives, but... By putting this technology in more people's hands, like, you know, the iPhone's got voiceover and it's on every single iPhone, whether you use it or not, is that not a better way of doing things? Uh, or at least being, is that not it's better for everyone? Our way of doing things, and it's good for people to play it, but um, narrator is good and it's going to get better, and Joyce needs to look at it laurels, uh, and it's not perfect by any chance, but I just kind of find when I was using the data, it's like reading Braille with vinyl gloves on. It's not quite there. It's still that little barrier. Other analogies may be applied. <laughs> we'll find them, don't you worry. Um, I mean, Tim, you know, let's not leave you out here because you you were in the world of work Thank as you. well. And, you know, you've, you've been using JAWS for a long time. So I guess it's interesting to hear you, um, I wouldn't say so much... I don't know. I'm still a bit confused as to where you stand on this, because I think from your point of view and your line of work, from what you know of Narrator now, and I know you've been using Narrator for a while, you actually got into it for a good bit. I know you use JAWS as well at home, but, you know, comparing the two and thinking about your work career, is it something that would have been applicable to your job, do you think? No, it would have not been, at least in its current form. And that's why I said earlier that where Narrator or even NVDA, and you can do add-ons to NVDA and that that is available, but those screen readers currently would not have been enough to do the job that I was doing. Now, I say that because we had a lot of in-house applications that that were specific to the job that I was doing. And so there were specific JAWS scripts that had to be written. They were actually written in-house. So I was very lucky in that respect to have a team, an IT team that would reach out to Freedom Scientific and actually were able to get scripts and, and get it to work. Now, like I said earlier, if Microsoft takes that on later down the line when they introduce scripts or they're just allowing IT departments or allowing people to write scripts, however that looks is really going to make a big difference because I could have 
done some of my job with narrator and VDA, but I don't believe I would have been able to do it all, which is why I'm in between here because you said a moment ago, well, somebody who is familiar with a screen reader who gets a job fresh, they can go in and say, I know I'm going to need JAWS. Let me show you a 40 minute mode so you can at least see what it's like compared to narrator. Here's why I need it. And you can advocate for yourself as we always should. But in my case, I went into my, my most recent position that I was at for 10 years. I was using Zoom for the first several months and realized it just wasn't going to be enough. I couldn't do the job properly with Zoom having, you know, half of a word on the screen at one time was just not going to cut it. And so I had to go to JAWS and I had never ever used JAWS before. So at that point, I don't know that I would have known how to advocate for myself if they had come to me and said, oh, well, there, there's this uh, Microsoft screen reader called Narrator. Turn that on and use it. It's free. That should be fine. I would have eventually realized, okay, this isn't enough to do my job, but I don't know if I would have known to advocate for myself to say, here's what I really need. But again, like, like Ann said, and, and we've talked about, that's where we have to hope that the organizations out there, blindness related organizations can be contacted and step in and help us out so that they can help us understand what we need and help the employer understand what now, we need. That's a good point uh, there, Tim, because unfortunately, for whatever reason, the blindness organisations are not quite as up to the mark on that kind of thing because they're jumping on the free bandwagon too. And um, I think they need to sort of <sighs> listen to their um, membership or potential membership. And maybe yeah, but you know what? I can understand why they would be coming from the standpoint of free. Of course, they want to save money, and I get it, and I can I can understand that. I think, though, this is why I said earlier that I, I'm in between here because, as I said a moment ago, is Narrator or even MVDA good enough yet to do everything you might need to do in a job? Probably not in most cases, but... Let's not even go down the, the Braille display support. I know it's supposed to be coming to Narrator, but... Um... I really do generally have, I think, uh, technology for especially screen reader users and Braille users. We're going to hell in a handcart because there's less of us employed just in my local authority. There was at least a, you know, a dozen or so um, blind people who have retired and moved on. There's none now. There's two people in my organisation. Um, there used to be a lot more. There's a PhD. A lady I was working with today, PhD, um, in a, a university just north of Glasgow, who she said they've let their JAWS license drop and they've cut back in their accessibility team. Now, I don't know what it's like in the States. I always think the States has an excellent model of education and uh, support because, uh, <laughs> God knows, I've not got a lot going for them, but definitely educating blind people. <laughs> be better um, in wow. states in Canada than it is over here um, when uh, blind people are leaving school if you're not particularly academic you're, you know you're coming out barely literate because they're not teaching braille you're not getting taught joys because the teachers think it's too hard but I could go on forever about this because I do have great concerns but could we ask the audience you know um, does anybody know what um Phone a friend, ask the audience. Yeah, of course we can. But we have. Yeah. We, we actually Is there did. anybody out there that's working anywhere in the world that's using either JAWS or Narrator, doing a job with bespoke systems? And can you get back to us? Because 
I would love feedback. Well, I'll, you know, t- I'll tell you what I think. I mean, just before we get that feedback, I imagine very few people will be using Narrator at this point. I think that's partly because, to me, Narrator is the reason I... And I think this is maybe where the confusion is with my comments. And I, I'm glad you came on, Anne, to, to talk about this because... What I'm essentially saying is Narrator is at that stage where I think with the most recent release of Windows, uh, the spring update that came out, I think it's at a very good place. But remember, in essence, that's like JAWS Day 1, if you think about it, right? I mean, that's kind of where we are. You know, Narrator is at JAWS Day 1. 3.3.0, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, if you think about it from that point of view... Um, it has got a long way to go. So I'm really disappointed to hear if there are organizations letting their JAWS licenses lapse, if there, you know, if there are employers that are actually saying at this point in time, you know, it's time to switch over. I strongly would, would advocate against that. And, and I, you know, I, I don't want anyone to think that that's what I'm advocating because I'm not. I do think down the line this could be a very useful tool, but we could be talking years from now. What we need to do is support Microsoft with Narrator. Those of us who can use more than one screen reader at one time should be using it, should be trying it, should be feeding back to Microsoft about it. Make it as good as JAWS. Let's do that. But let's not be in a position where we just turn around and say, right, that's it, JAWS gone, let's switch to Narrator. That is not going to work at this point in time. So on that we come to an agreement. But if we revisit this within about two or three years, I think that that conversation might have changed. And there could be an argument against JAWS or pay screen readers where we're saying, okay, why do we need to pay for these anymore? Because all these other ones that are free or lesser expensive are now where we want them to be. But but I agree. I think it's still going to be a few years away. I think it's good. It's, um, you know, as time we see in there, it's like these days we all use more than one browser. We all use more than one book reading app. We all use more than one media playing app. God wrought um, iTunes because I cordially load it on the Windows for PC anyway. Nah, um, it's been been. Don't <laughs> worry about it. That's gone. It's dead. <laughs> and, but, I mean, so it's sensible because um, why just use one screen reader? Maybe it will be that they'll all have a kind of niche market. You'll have your generic one and you'll have other ones that you just like so um i don't want people to think like i'm clinging to joys you know uh well i am but <laughs> it's not like <laughs> joys is wonderful and everything else is rubbish no it's not joys has got issues but um i think if you're an experienced joys user there's so much work under the hood the screen reader glides across the app like a swan and it's Pedal a wee mad beast underneath, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of work goes in. I, I want your so. computer because I don't get that. Uh, right, look, <laughs> th- Anne, I could talk to you all day. Uh, it's been fascinating yeah. getting you on the show and uh, hearing your views. And uh, we do want people to feedback. The email address is feedback at ami.ca. We are actually getting your emails in already on this topic because Sean and Tim did discuss it last week. So we're going to get to those emails next. And thanks so much for coming on. And um, thanks for having me and letting me yeah. blither on. <laughs> It's been great having you on. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. Thanks, guys. Stick Bye. around. We're doing your emails next. This is Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada. Stephen, Tim, and Sean back with you again. And uh, it is great to be back. Uh, it was off last week. And, um, yeah, up to all kinds of e- exciting things. Mischief. 
Oh, I thought you said you missed me. Oh, you, oh no, I, I definitely did not oh, say that. Let me just make that clear. Mischief. I had missed you. I, that's what I had. Um, look, we're going to get to your emails in a minute. Uh, that was a really interesting chat with Anne, though, wasn't it? Just to sort of talk about screen readers. And I, I think that's the thing. You know, I kind of maybe maybe it's the way I put things across. I get really excited, as most people know, about new tech. And it's like, oh, new shiny thing. Um, but actually, kind of real-world impact there. You know, if employers do start saying... Well, you know what? I had this podcast, right? <laughs> and this guy's saying... He's he just, raving about it. Yeah, he's just raving about this stuff that's free on this computer. Why do you want me to spend eight, nine hundred, one thousand dollars $1,000 on a piece of software? Um, that could be challenging for someone, especially in a job, maybe a new job, that you don't want to rock the boat. So yeah. I, I think that's a really interesting point that Anne makes. And, and I absolutely do not want anyone to walk away thinking that I'm, at this stage, suggesting that Microsoft Narrator is a replacement for JAWS. It is not future no. employers of blind people. <laughs> but I don't think, but obviously maybe that, that someone could come away with that impression. I, I like the I like the imagery of uh, Stephen Scott skipping down the road, tra-la-la. <laughs> I can't get that out of my head now. But yeah, that'll haunt me I, for a long time. <laughs> I think what we are saying, we're advocating that, you know, Narrator now is actually a viable option uh, and up there with the other screen readers, as in we can use it as part of our toolkit. As everyone keeps saying, you know, it, there's not one screen reader to rule them all. There is. Oh a, yes, there is. It's called Voiceover. There, <laughs> no. right under yes. the bus. Oh boy. Uh, no, I, I'm loving Voiceover at the moment. By the way, I am loving it. Uh, oh, don't go on. Try la lying down that street. La, Stop la, la, it la, now. Voiceover is so great. There's um, a, there's always something that a screen reader won't do, no matter if it's your favourite one. You always come across something where it falls over. So yeah. to have that option of another one, a narrator is up there now when, when you consider where it was right at the beginning. Now, it is a usable option. So I just think it's we're advocating that narrator now, you can use it as part of that toolkit. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think the greater point is that there are many usable options now. And I think that's what we've been trying to get at and what, what Stephen was talking about. And even myself, when, when we saw this new update to narrator, we're excited because it is another valid option, a viable option for entry level into a screen reader. And if Microsoft is going to do what we've been talking about with scripts and all that and furthering the development of it uh, in the years to come, it could be a viable competitor, not just a viable option to get started with. So I'm excited about it. I'm glad that there's multiple options now that can put some pressure on uh, an application like JAWS to make sure that they are you know, maybe not overpriced or that they are making sure that they're as robust as possible because they've got these. Well, but they've got these other <laughs> applications nipping at their heels and they're free yep. and, and, and all that. And you've got big companies behind it. It's not like Apple with voiceover or Microsoft. Microsoft with Narrator. It's not like we're talking small-time, fly-by-night companies here. So if they're going to continue to invest in it, it could be a uh, you know the, these could be valid competitors going forward. Now I know Tim, you're a you're a smart guy. You know English, which uh, is <laughs> ironic. I know considering you're from that country. Um, but you know it's it's, mm. it's interesting <sighs> because <Wow>. you. <laughs> I'm thinking of the word dichotomy. I think that's the right word. Is that the right word I'm looking for here, Tim? Yes. You don't know what I'm going to say yet. Um, <laughs> is that the right one? Yes. Let's That's go why I'm it. like, it could be, depending on yeah. where you're going with this. So that's a type of plant pot, isn't it? Oh, boy. I, I, th- I thought it was like a medication, actually. But yeah, okay, <laughs> well, let's go with it. Uh, but 
I, I think it's interesting because look at something like Microsoft seeing AI on the iPhone, right? Remember our conversations that we had comparing something like Kurzweil 1000 to seeing AI or even voice stream scanner, which is paid but a lot less. And it's interesting when you think about those conversations and now the conversations we're having here, which is kind of the exact reverse. You know, it's almost like we're advocating and saying, oh, it must be this specialist third-party option is brilliant. That's the one pay more money, you'll get the best solution. But in actual fact, you know, here's another option over here, which is is kind of getting there. I think for me, I think for me, the latest edition, this new edition, uh, which if you've got version 1903 of Windows 10 on your computer, I think that is where you might start to see some changes. Check out the release notes when you get it downloaded. Go through the tutorial, which pops up when you switch Narrator on. Try it out. Because I think you'll be quite surprised, at, first of all, how similar it is to JAWS now in terms of, before you all jump on me, in terms oh, I was of getting ready. keyboard layout. <laughs> uh, because the keyboard layout, what they've done is they've essentially looked at JAWS and said, let's just use all that. Um, and they've <laughs> kind of built that into JAWS. But again, how does it stack up? And I think, truthfully, what I'm going to do, uh, I don't have one yet, but when I get my new work computer... Um, which is going to have Windows 10 on it, uh, the latest edition. I am going to switch from JAWS to Narrator for a month um, because I've kind of got used to Narrator. I've been mucking around with it. I've got the hang of it. And also because the keyboard commands are similar, if not the same, um, I'll be able to pick it up nice and easily. I'm going to try it and see how I get on with my day-to-day tasks um, and report back. So I'm going to do that when I get my new machine because I want to sort of test this properly for myself. Is it a viable alternative? We'll find out. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? But I think <laughs> that, that point you made about Kurzweil 1000 against Voice Dream Scanner and the same with Narrator against Jules. I think the point is, though, is not to let anyone else tell you, you need this. This is what you need to use. It's up to you if you think yeah. or if you can do what you need to do using whatever software you like, then that's fine. And you stick to your guns. You say, no, I want to use this. If that is Jaws or if that is NVDA or a narrator. Yeah, it, I'm not listening matter. to you, Sean Priest. I'm not, no, I never would. That would be ridiculous. Correct. No one listened to me. <laughs> no worries. Uh, right, look, we've got emails. I want to get to those. Um, let's get some emails in. What, let's kick one off, Sean. What have you got? Okay, so here's one from Ryan about that very topic of screen readers. Hello, Double Tappers. I have been using screen readers since 1997, and as applications and technology evolve, I think we can all agree that one size doesn't fit all. In today's landscape, it doesn't hurt to have multiple tools in your toolbox. There are things JAWS can do better than other screen readers, but also there are things NVDA can do better than JAWS. There are scripts for JAWS and add-ons for NVDA to enhance what the products can do, which is great, but as you have mentioned on previous shows, how many of us, when upgrading to a new operating system, use Narrator to get up and running? At some point, if Microsoft keeps pushing accessibility, Narrator could very well be all a person will need to use. The bottom line is we have choices, and if one product doesn't work, try another. Thanks for the show and the humor. Ryan. Well, yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's all about choice. It's all about what is available to us. And we should be able to try things. And that's one of the things about JAWS. You know, we always talk about the price. But I think it's often easy to forget, and it's really important to say this to people out there who've never used JAWS, who've always wondered what this mythical beast is that we talk about. (laughs) Um, You know, you can actually download JAWS and try it out in 40-minute mode. You said that earlier, Tim. You can turn it on. You can try it out. 
You can muck around with it. I think it's fully featured, but it's like 40 minutes and it cuts you off. Right, and then you have to restart your computer to use it for another 40 minutes. So it's just the hassle of restarting every single time the 40 minutes is up, which, depending on what you're doing, you can get a lot done in 40 minutes. But to work all day long at an, you know, at an actual job, not mm. going not gonna <laughs> to be very helpful. But it's at least a way that you can use it to try it out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I used it like that for years, and I know many people that still do. That's because you're a cheapskate. <laughs> I am. Yes, correct. <laughs> right, what else have we got in the email inbox on this topic? Because I know we've had a few emails in on this. Yep, so the next one is from a friend of the show. It's Aaron. Sean, Tim, and Stephen. Here are my thoughts on the screen reader disservice comments from the listener. As a blind sourcing and recruiting agent, I've tried using both NVDA and JAWS to do my work. A lot of my work focuses on online research and data entry with Google products. Through my findings and testing, I have found that JAWS works the best when navigating and when time is of the essence. NVDA can be used, but there are a lot of workarounds that have to be done. Therefore, I've decided to use JAWS for work. I still have NVDA on my system as I believe that the world of one screen reader to rule them all is no longer the case. When it comes to employers, most will not allow open source projects within the company due to security concerns and whatnot. If you are coming up with trouble from the employer, you could always say that JAWS is not an open source program and has a lifetime of support and stability behind it. One could also ask if they could test company software with both screen readers. Most of the time from my experience they will say no. When that happens you can say well I know that JAWS will probably have support over NVDA. Since JAWS can be bought with a home license for $90 a year, the argument of JAWS costing a ton of money is irrelevant. Just bring in your own computer if possible. You could also use that argument as well. Just my thoughts on the subject. Warm regards. Aaron Linson. And there are a lot of businesses now that offer that option, bring your own device is a thing these days, um, because obviously it saves uh, on companies doing it. I know our organization I worked for did that for a while. Um, you know, so you could bring in your own computer, essentially. But like bring your own bottle, you know. Yeah, um, BYOC. BYOCs, I know. Bring device your own device. or computer. Bring your own computer. Unfortunately, though, the last place that I had worked for such a long time wouldn't allow any of that. If it was something that could be even thought that you could plug it into their network or on the internet there, you were not allowed. Yeah, but you you worked for the government. The government. We can't talk about it. It's very very secretive. Hush, hush, yes. Were you head of the CIA team? Uh, I wish. No. Well, or do I? Hmm. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> let's just say I was under the executive branch and I'm not there anymore. I'm just saying. Anyway, so... Oof. Put it this way. You never saw the head of the CIA and Tim Schwartz in the same room. That's all I'm saying. Well, there you go. But, uh, but no, I, I think, though, that it is important to consider that, that going into a work environment, JAWS at the moment, like we've, like we've said, is going to be a better option overall at the moment but going forward it, it could get better with narrator but i think the point about nvda which we we've touched on a little bit but we haven't really said much about and i'm, I'm surprised that sean hasn't jumped all over this nvda does have many Sorry. add-ons i'm so surprised every time i go into the add-ons list and see how many different and, and there's the add-ons are basically their versions of scripts to make other applications accessible with nvda there's so many of those but i think aaron's email makes a good point that a lot of employers are going to go nvda what's that I, I, this is open source we don't know who this is there's no support that we are going to you know, be able to use properly, they're going to go to a JAWS or go to Microsoft or, or whatever in order to get that support that they're not going to understand. So I've said this before as well. I think that the NVDA and the guys behind it, they do a wonderful job, right? They do, and, do and a I fantastic know that if job. I, 
if I skip down a lane uh, singing about voiceover and narrator, then Sean is doing exactly the same beside me, hopefully not holding hands, all about NVDA. <laughs> and, and interestingly, no one does take NVDA quite as seriously in the business world, and that's because they don't have uh, a paid-for option, a, a business model, essentially, that is something that a company could get behind. You know, a company, if it's going to invest in software whether it's free or not, they want to know it's going to be there tomorrow. Uh, I remember years ago I came up with a solution because I was one of those people at the time, you know, just knew in a job, wanted to impress the boss. So I was like, oh, I found this great option for us to do podcasting. It's really good. It's free. It doesn't cost a penny. And it lasted about a month. And then we'd spent all this time putting work into it. And then the guy who behind it was like, oh, do you know what? I've quite fancy touring around Australia for the next 20 years. So I'm <laughs> off. Goodbye. And that was the end of the support. And that was the end of the program. So I don't think that's going to happen with NVDA, but I do think that employers might worry about that. So what I'm saying is, NVDA, get a paid-for model going. No, 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 I don't start that business. <laughs> that's what makes NVDA so amazing, because before that, we had nothing. You had no free option. Well, kind of, but then you're talking about Narrator. There was that other one. What was it called? Thunder? You know, oh, yeah, a, a yeah. very, very basic screen readers. NVDA changed everything, and I think it's pushed other screen readers to up their game. It's amazing. But that is a valid point Aaron makes there. The open source nature of it, the security aspect when it comes to employment, and the support. You know, being able just to pick up the phone and say, right, this isn't working, someone fix it for me. That is a big deal when it comes to employment. So you can understand that. You don't think people should pay something for NVDA? I do. I think people should donate. Uh, it's something that should happen. But I think the fact that there was a, look the whole NVDA story is amazing that that these these guys said there isn't a free option out there that works that is viable for us and they created it is amazing mm. they are geniuses and um, I won't hear anything said against them Stephen. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that you know, looking forward, I know where we've come from, and that's lovely. But you know, we've all crawled out of the swamp now. We're living in big cities and happy places. You know, it's time for us to move on, grow up. You know, I think, and maybe that's what maybe NVDA could mature in that way, becoming some kind of subscription based option. Look, we talked about Voreal before. That was kind of started the same way. Uh, Ooh, I know it's a different no, thing. Look, let's but, not go down know. subscription model. I hate the subscription model as a general rule. But what do you think of that? Tim, do you know no, 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 idea? don't ask Tim yet. I haven't finished. No, stop. I think that asking for a price for NVDA <laughs> would be great. You know, I am back here. $50, $50 or whatever around that, I think is absolutely fine. Um, How much? $50. I think $50 is something that most people could afford and is, a, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like you're submitting a, a business case. Is this no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I don't. I, I feel really aggrieved when these accessibility options that we need to use technology, which is such a part of everyday life now, I've, I find it really aggravating the, you know, the, the high price of that. Now, when NVDA was released, there was no other option out there. Now Narrator has matured, maybe there is a, an argument to be said, you know what, NVDA is at a level now that, and we want it to continue, we want development to continue with NVDA, so let's put a price on it. I, I wouldn't have an issue with that. And you know what, going forward, I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I have no information to back up what I'm about to say, other than it just is a concern <laughs> and an opinion. That's a tagline for the show. Yes, it is, exactly. <laughs> Just from the former head of the CIA. Yeah. 
<laughs> but with voiceover on the Mac and now with Narrator being better on uh, Microsoft Windows, and even you have other paid options like, uh, what is it, System Access from Sero and Dolphin has their own uh, screen reader. So there's yep. so many different options out here. What I'm fearful of is that NVDA, that's been such a great screen reader for so long now, our free alternative to JAWS, I'm afraid that they're going to get lost in the shuffle. And because they don't have a pay option or subscription or some sort of small fee, it's just donation-based, I'm fearful that something like Narrator or VoiceOver is going to push them aside. And people are going to say, well, why am I going to go off and download NVDA when Narrator is good enough? And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's fine. I think that we should have that option. But I'm fearful that NVDA will get lost in that shuffle. and And instead of it being NVDA is our home personal use screen reader because it's free and JAWS is the quote unquote more robust, you know, enterprise version of a screen reader. It's got the support and all that. So the employers are willing to use it. And so that's what we use in employment. And that's the difference. You know, that's what we're using them for in our use case. Well, now with narrator and all these others, it it, it could make NVDA less important or go away. And I I don't want to see that. I I don't want to see that happen. I want to see NVDA flourish and be a competitor, even in a free market. But, but it's, it's going to be hard when they're not charging something. It might be too late. That's maybe the problem. You know, it's maybe too late to start introducing that kind of model because people are looking at other options like that now and saying, well, in comparison to. And we're talking here about people who are kind of doing that shopping for a screen reader approach at the moment, you know, whereas some people will be entrenched like Sean, um, in his world of NVDA. And, and you, you know, you're not alone. There's a merry band of people out there who love NVDA and absolutely are right to and continue to support it. I know you've put money in and other people have done as well. You know, it's and it absolutely is the right thing to do. I just, I, I, I'm with you, Tim. I think it might be lost in the shuffle. Um, you know what they should do? I think that Microsoft should buy JAWS and they should have a premium option called Narrator Plus. There you go. I've just said it. Go on, get that done, guys. I think they should buy NVDA. That's what I thought uh, he was going to say. Is that they might have done that? I thought they might have done that. Actually, I thought that might have happened. They should do more realistic than that. Um, So can we can we just put that out there? Everyone, donate if you are using NVDA. Don't forget to donate. I have November the fifth. I have NV Day. You see, November fifth day. That's how I remember to donate. Thank you. What? Right, okay, let's get another email. Uh, we'll Greg, have to remember that come November. I'll have to remember what on earth he's talking about, which I won't, so let's move on. Uh, right, Greg's been in touch from Pennsylvania. Let's see what he's got to say. Hello. I recently read that although script talk talking prescription labels are available in many Canadian pharmacies, they are not as widely used by blind Canadians as expected. I think you should cover this valuable and free-to-the-user technology. On another issue, US law is making it difficult for Canadian broadcasters to meet the required four hours of daily primetime video description on programs that originate in the US. As US described content requirements are minimal, and the current administration is hostile to expanded requirements, Canadian broadcasters are describing US programming themselves, but often don't receive the program in time for them to accomplish this before the scheduled broadcast time. Clearly, the best approach is for the show creators to produce the descriptive audio, but they won't do this until US law forces them to. Maybe 2020 can get the US government to see more clearly on this issue. I know it's a bad pun. Greg in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Ah, very good. I like that, Greg. Um, That's like one of your puns. Yeah. That's exactly one of his puns. I believe (laughs) Stevens used that a few times. I've got to say, I think we've moved on, Greg, you and I, because, you know, it used to be you would send me hate. 
No, you're sending me jokes. I love it. Um, <laughs> right, Luke, uh, a couple of points in there. Let's start with script talk, uh, the prescription labels not being used enough, apparently, Tim. Yeah, Stephen, I'm sad to hear that it's not being used enough because this is a wonderful service. This is something that uh, is is produced by Envision America. They're out of uh, Florida in the United States. We actually have had them on before. We interviewed their uh, CEO here on the show quite a while back. And I'm sad to hear that it's not as widely adopted. However, as I found out when I I spoke to them and in, in the years since, it is possible to expand it. Don't don't wait for your local pharmacies to do this. I would get in touch with Envision America and talk with them and say, hey, you know, my local pharmacy isn't accepting this or isn't working on this, and uh, what can we do? And they will actually get in contact with your local pharmacy and set that up for you. You can go to their website, which is envisionamerica.com, I believe. And I believe there's a, a, a hyphen or a dash between EN and Vision. Uh, so not to be confused with Envision the app. They are two different companies. Envision the the app that we've talked about here recently is actually uh, developed out of Europe. So don't don't get those two confused. But uh, Envision America, uh, yeah, they they're the ones that do the ID Mate uh, that's been popular for a long time, for probably what 20, 25 years now. It's an actual hardware device you can scan barcodes with, and they do yep. the same thing with Script Talk. So you get a physical um, a physical piece of hardware that you can set your your prescription bottle on top of, and it will read all the information. They actually also have apps now for iPhone and Android. So yeah, it's a really great service. I, I would again go to envisionamerica.com or I've actually got their phone number here. It's an 800 number. It's 1-800-890-1180. So you can contact them and just say, hey, I want my local pharmacy to utilize your service. What can we do? And they will take care of it for you. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's such a public service, aren't you, Tim? Um, I'm a man of the people. Let's talk about audio description. You know, it's my <laughs> My favorite topic is audio description, as you guys know, um, because I love to um, use it. I am a user of AD uh, or descriptive video. And uh, it's saddening to hear that, you know, we're in a position where in in some parts of the world, like in Canada, uh, they're kind of constantly trying to play catch up. You know, when, when, you know, audio description is not available and Canadian organizations are trying to make their content more um, available with audio description, it's taking longer. We've had this problem in the UK as well. Recently, Black Mirror, the popular uh, series, the dystopian future type thing, you know, everything's going to hell in a handcart. <laughs> I think it's um, a fantastic future. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to leave the house. And, well, you, you know. know. Closer to death, so it does feel a little bit better, I suppose, when you look at it from that perspective. Um, but yeah, basically, Black Mirror came on, and for about two, three weeks, we had no audio description on it, which seemed really bad, considering it uh, it had launched you know, to much fanfare. There were actually only three episodes in it, so I mean, it wasn't as if it was a huge amount of work, I'd have thought. Um, but you know, again, it, did, it just didn't show up, and it kind of makes you feel... Again, like that second-class citizen, you have to go and fight for it. And our voices, our voices just do not shout or are yeah. heard as loudly as others. And that's the but I think Greg makes a fantastic point about this should be... It shouldn't be a case of whoever picks up the show needs to provide their own audio description. Audio description should be part of the production process of the show. The creators of the show should have to... And again, what Greg said, this comes down to um, legislation. You know, they should be forced to produce an audio-described track along with whatever the show content is. Well, it's, it's a very interesting point because um, 
I was at an event recently where we discussed this. It was actually a, a kind of confederation of different people of different organisations uh, from around the world who were actually Ooh. talking about audio description and actually, you know, what is best, right? What is the best way to do it? And and this point was brought up. You know, why don't they? Why essentially isn't the host broadcaster or the people who make the show responsible for the audio description, and then that's available around the world? Yes. Well, okay, you've got a couple of issues with that. One is language, uh, because obviously all these shows will be available in different languages. Yes, um, but they're they're doing the dubbing for the other languages anyway. Then they also need to do an audio descriptive track in that language. Right. So that's one thing. The second thing is um, the actual language itself. So even English. English American is very different to English UK, for example. You know, um, sidewalk is pavement. And, no, no, you know, no, um, no, no. We're in a global community. Exist. We all understand. It's fine. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for signing that one off. But actually, I, I agree. I think there would be one standard would be brilliant. Um, it would be difficult, I think. But law is really the only way this is going to happen. We saw this in the UK. The amount of audio description on UK television has shot up. You know, way past 20, 30, even some channels, 40% of programs are audio described here in the UK. But that's because laws were brought in. Um, and if you compare that to on-demand television in the UK, it's only something like 8 or 9% of programs are available with audio description. If that, it seems like, doesn't it? It seems like there's hardly anything. Well, that's actually heavily that's heavily weighted to one particular broadcaster yeah. with the initials B, B, and C. Hmm. Um, <laughs> everyone else hasn't really bothered too much. So that's not great. And, and there is a new law coming in in the UK Parliament which will allow or enforce, I guess, broadcasters to actually you know, make more content on demand. And that should see a spike in that. I think some kind of Marrakesh treaty, I don't know if you know about this, but the, the treaty that was signed by a number of countries around the world to make books available across borders. So instead of a book being recorded, you know, umpteen times in different jurisdictions, it's recorded once it's available around the world. Simple yep. as that. Um, if it's in, written in Braille in one, blind, in one country, it should be available in another country in the same you know the same way and i think that is what we need to look at with audio description absolutely um, maybe that would solve the issue guys we're out of time that is it we're out of time but thank you so much um we are back again next week if you have something to say on the myriad of topics we've discussed here uh, then do get in touch we'd love to hear your thoughts we'll continue the conversation on next week's program you can email us feedback at ami.ca and uh, Tim and Sean will be back on uh, next the next time. This is me trying to say goodbye, by the way. Uh, we'll be back on the next show. He's back. Thank goodness, it's the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Um, maybe not for long after this. Um, we'll catch you next time on Double Tap Canada. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.